This episode of Half a Star is sponsored by that feeling you get when you burn the roof of your mouth eating a pizza that's fresh out of the oven. Welcome back to Half a Star, the Christmas it, episode. Ooh, or your religious equivalent. Yeah. This is exciting. Ben, we've got a guest on today's episode. He is a good friend of mine. I'm working with him in Hamilton through Hub of the Hammer, Matthew Serena. Excellent. I really appreciate that this podcast just allows me to meet your friends. That's really fun for me. I know. I'd love to meet some of your friends if you had any, bud. It's all you, man. That's all I can say. So we're going to dive into a little bit of Matthew's work with Hub of the Hammer in Hamilton and maybe talk a little bit about some holiday Hallmark novelties. All this and more on this episode of Half a Star, where bad ideas make great stories. He's Ben. He's Justin. Take it away, Rob. I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star okay so ben what's your favorite part of christmas or your religious equivalent right my religious equivalent uh is christmas by default because i have no religion and i was raised on television my favorite part of christmas i think is probably um the entertainment that comes out whether it's uh die hard home alone All of the Christmas episodes of Community are my particular favorites, but uh, my father has recently gotten obsessed with Hallmark movies, so I'm really glad that our guest is here to talk about it because I can send him some recommendations. We'll get to the bottom of these Christmas specials in just a second. Our upcoming guest, he's something of an aficionado, (laughs) that's the word, of Hallmark Christmas movies, but he's also the guy behind a lot of moving and shaking in the city of Hamilton. Give it up for your friend and mine, Matthew Serena. Air horn, Everyone's air horn. Do the air horns? Do you have the budget for that? <laughs> I mean, they're Insert not air horn here. No, they're, they're not. not. I'm a very poor, very frugal man. I don't have the air horn budget. I just, uh, we don't have an air horn. I just put my hand into my armpit and just like make that pumping sound. Same thing. Yeah. Literal same thing. How have you been, Matthew? How has the holiday season been thus far? It's interesting. I, I think, I don't know if you've been reading the paper, but there's some stuff going on. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a lot going on. I personally, as a person, I'm fine. I'm surviving. I, it's, it's interesting. Watching a lot of TV, a lot of Hallmark movies. Yeah, good. And you're not the only one. There's a lot of people out there. I, it started like the, the Hallmark slate of movies started like Halloween this year. Yeah. Or something like that's, it's just getting to the point where it's unwieldy. Well, I think what's funny is that they air them all year round, but you can tell that they're just taking the scripts from Christmas movies and just inserting Thanksgiving or just, <laughs> like you'll see one and like, we're going to an Easter egg farm. Like, well, that's not a thing. And it's just, they're just swapping out plot points for other holidays. And I'm not for it. It's transparent and I won't stand for it, but they're trying. God bless them, they're trying. So how many Hallmark movies would you say you've seen on total? Oh, 
it's tough because every year once Halloween hits, we just go into our um, DVR and just tape the entire W Network roster. And then we'll just power through ones based on title and actors and actresses. Like we've watched them enough to know who the uh, the heavy hitters are as far as who's in it. Like if we, if we see a name that we recognize, like really actresses, you got your Alicia Witts, you got your Candice Cameron Bure's, and you got your Lacey Chabert's. Those are the top three. And they're two of the three are pretty well-known former TV actresses. Hmm. So we know if they're in it, the production value is going to be there. We find they hold them to later in the season. Uh, this is the first year I've done a project where I'll take a screen grab of what I'm watching and critique the font as a way of seeing if this, the quality of the graphic design, is it going to lend well to the plot? Does it show the budget? And that it didn't fail me until last week when I watched Five Star Christmas. It was a, am I allowed to curse on this? Absolutely. We can curse. Dog it. shit font. Dog shit. <laughs> Dog shit times New Roman, but it was one of the more entertaining ones. So my system doesn't work. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm curious just based off of what you said there. What is your favorite movie in terms of content? And then also a follow-up question is what is your favorite movie in terms of title? Oh boy. The the titles are pretty interchangeable. Uh we watched one. I'm just heading to my Instagram where I've um, is it all five, documented? <laughs> five Star Christmas, worst font, best movie, because it felt more like a British farce. Uh, in that one, a woman comes home to find her father has converted their home into a, 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 a bed and breakfast. But they find out that someone is coming to review the bed and breakfast, and uh, they have yes. to pretend to be tenants. Mm-hmm. So they're going to pretend they don't know each other, but all these like, fake characters. Uh, that was the worst font, best movie. Uh, we had one that was called Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. Best title, and it's got three different fonts, and the T in sweater is like a, shaped like a sweater, but it wasn't that great. So now I'm thinking maybe if the font is too good, they're, they're, blowing, their, they're blowing their wad, so mm. to speak, on the title and graphics and letting everything else kind of be lazy yeah that's I mean, like a, lazy but yeah that's like us with our air horn budget yeah yeah, yeah. The armpit budget. We, we put all of our money into a photoshop account and uh <laughs> no no room for air horns why doesn't he just source it online and use it <laughs> um so what would you say in terms of plot uh i understand you have the hallmark uh, plots for these Christmas movies distilled into different categories. You know, they say there's only like seven well, well-told stories or something. What would you say yeah. are the Hallmark stories? I would say there's less than seven for this. Oh, geez. You got um, My Father Might Be Santa, a uh, working woman comes to her hometown and falls in love and moves back home. Uh, alternate reality, where you they go back in time that their life has changed and they're suddenly with their high school sweetheart and they have to figure out what they enjoy most in life. Um, there's ones where there's an angel kind of creeping around, setting off miracles, and they find out later. Those are pretty much the top four. Okay, nice. Oh, cool. and, and party planning. Party planning <laughs> is a huge factor in it. A lot of business people party, planning parties and falling in love. I think we've seen three where a woman has to plan a Christmas party, but she's paired up with the leading man 
and he doesn't know what he's doing, but they fall in love and plan a great party along the way. I am. Um, I'm curious as to like, I don't know if you'll know what I mean when I say this, but has there been an instance where you've come across like an egregiously hallmarky job for someone to have like, like a line of employment? Cause like, there's always somebody who's like, Oh, I'm a doghouse architect. And yeah. Like, that's <laughs> like, yeah. They're very specific jobs that don't really exist in the real world. And they're very specific character types that will kind of go from one to the next. Yeah. I'm a birthday party balloon inflator. Like, <laughs> get, you, get work where you can, the pre-pandemic world. Yeah. Speaking of work with really specific jobs, Matthew has a very specific job, and that's event planning here in mm -hmm. Hamilton. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do for the city of Hamilton. Yeah, so I run Hub of the Hammer event planning, and the goal of it was to put more money back into the city by keeping everything local and um, helping the creative sector find more stable contract work. And that's evolved from that to it's, it's somewhat still like that. So it's mostly working in bars and restaurants, bringing, bringing in entertainment on their slower nights, as well as uh, festivals and uh, private clients for their own events. So I, I assume that these days things have taken a slightly different approach, just given the realities of the situation we're all living in. Um, yeah. What is the holiday season look like for you right now? For right now, typically I'm at my busiest in the spring and pretty much winter through spring. Uh, we helped organize the iHeart Beer Festivals. So it's a craft food and drink festival throughout um, Hamilton, London, Guelph, Kitchener, and Toronto twice per year. So right now is peak festival season for us. So it's really weird to not be working 17 hour days and hating my life. Uh, I still hate my life, but for other reasons entirely. <laughs> so it's, it's gone to a more virtual format. There is still some in-person events, but as of like probably a month ago, they're all just slowly kind of getting picked off and canceled. Right. Yeah. So it's mostly virtual at this point. Nice. Um, what, um, has there been any successes in the virtual, uh, landscape that, um, made you go, Oh, Hey, that's a, that's a bonus. Didn't think that would be a cool thing. Uh, I think when this started back in good Lord, March, there yeah. was about a month of sadness. And then right around early May, late April was when the transition started to virtual. And that was kind of like an unknown world to my style of event planning so it, it probably took another two months after that before i knew what i was doing because it's a lot of online trivia nights nice. so it's finding ways to make it as easy as possible for the player and realizing that there's so much competition like while we were in that lockdown phase there was just so much popping up where it was like free online entertainment that it made it hard to charge and actually make some money back or try and stay afloat nice. so i think once you kind of build an audience and then find ways to charge while also donating a portion to charity. It kind of makes it a bit easier because people know a portion is going to a good cause mm -hmm. and then you, finding a way to grow the audience. And here you are. So do you think that paying for co uh, content now has become somewhat normalized over the course of the last, let's say six months? I, I think once we hit the phase where people were allowed to go out again, that made it more difficult but easier to sell stuff online because there wasn't that surge of free content to keep your mind right. entertained. Because now offices are open 
and people were going to work. And people were kind of, well, a lot of places were kind of backing away for the virtual format because they didn't have to do that. My company kind of went further into it because we knew that until there's a vaccine, there's going to be the need for it. Absolutely. Hmm. And having a bit of an inside knowledge of Hub of the Hammer, little bit. Uh, I, uh, I would say that that was a, a very smart move to uh, um, get things organized, expecting the winter to take a, take a bit of a turn again. Because uh, in case you haven't looked at the numbers, listeners, Ontario, not doing so good. Even PEI has some double-digit cases, which, given its size, is a lot. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm happy that, um, we're, we're getting some stuff going virtually. Now this is listeners, usually the portion where we have half a star stories from our guests. I actually have a half a star story as a host in relationship to our guest about <laughs> events. And I am tickled to share it. At first I was worried about referencing this bar, but I will tell you how pumped I am <laughs> to share this galley full story about <laughs> event. This uh, is actually how I first uh, began working with Matthew as a uh, host for hire for his company. Now, there was a bar that wanted to do trivia uh, to uh, boost some numbers in their space. Why not? The guy to talk to, that's Matthew Serena. No question. And that's when he began speaking with me about, hey, we need a funny boy to get out there. I think he can do it. And I'm like, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to make it in Hamilton comedy. But how will I know I've made it? So I get sent out to this venue. And it, uh, uh, I think to quote Mike Carroza from a previous episode who said this specific venue looked like if an attic was also a basement. Uh, <laughs> it's a good phrase. Good works for this bar in particular. And wasn't a lot of patrons. It, it kind of, the clock kind of stopped at 2006. The bathroom has uh, a poster of the Hooters calendar girls uh, right above the, uh, the urinals. I can only assume, uh, you know, for when you're drunk and you want to walk in and while you're taking a pee, maybe look at a photo of an attractive person. Don't know what, uh, what they do beyond that, but uh, also there's a poster of dumb blonde jokes and uh, you know how relevant those are. So I get to host trivia at this place as a means of uh, some subsidizing my income a little bit and trying to get in and make it as a Hamilton comic. How do you know you make it as a Hamilton comic? Well, one day after my, uh, my shift, um, the owner said, hey, did you get to eat before your, your work? And I said, no, I didn't want your food. He goes, oh, well, here, take a 20. So he gave me an extra 20 on top of my pay. He paid me basically to not eat his food. Understandably, <laughs> this is money that he would have just caught me a plate, but instead just gave me cold, hard cash. And I'm like, uh, sure, I'll take this. And then he says, well, you know, man, I got too many watermelons, you know? <laughs> You know how you just come across too many watermelons. Uh, he's like, yeah, we saw the sale at the market on these watermelons and you had to buy them. They're fresh, right? Clearly, I understand. So he takes me into the kitchen and there's a pile of watermelons. <laughs> Benton, do you have a question? Yeah, I was just going to ask, is this kind of place where you would expect them to 
have fresh fruit on the menu anywhere? No, no. <laughs> Everything's no. deep fried. This place, this place, if brown was a taste. <laughs> so there's just a pile of watermelons in the back, and I look in the kitchen, and the line cook is just chopping watermelon, just like, <laughs> we got too many watermelons. <laughs> I'm like, I understand. He's like, can you help us? He gives me a plate of sliced watermelon. Truly, if you wanted me to leave with watermelon, an intact watermelon would have been preferable. But he gives me a plate, so I'm, I'm munching on it. He's like, so we really want to get this place pumping, but want to get lots of business. So we think this is a good arrangement. Um, oh, did you get a drink before you left, before you, before you, before you go? And I said, no, I think I'll, I'm good. I got my 20 and my, my watermelon. Uh, he's like, well, man, we had some trouble with the taps tonight. I just want to apologize. We, we had to run a whole pitcher of warm beer. There's something wrong with our tank. So now we got to pour out a whole pitcher of Bud Light. Be a shame if it went to waste. And I know where his thoughts are going. He says, so do you want it? <laughs> no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go home. In reality, I'm going to go to a better bar. Um, he's like, I'm going to go. He's like, well, you can have the beer to go. My first thought was not no, but how? <laughs> what's, a, what's your method here? He pulls out a McDonald's cup, fills it with the Coors Light, gets a cover and a straw. The straw wasn't in a paper tube or anything, so... God help me. See, was it a clean McDonald's cup? All right. I mean, it's got Coors Light in it. That's going to say right? <laughs> I, I leave the bar, walking down the street, munching on watermelon, $20 heavy in my pocket, sipping a warm room temp Coors Light, thinking I've made it in Hamilton comedy. <laughs> and I owe that to Matthew. Now, there's one thing we didn't talk about was the decor. So oh, yeah. they had a light up 3D printing of like a, um, like a neon Corona sign with an eight by 10 sheet of paper with the word virus written on it, taped next to it. Here's the thing. The Corona sign was broken and didn't light up. So you walk into a bar, you see a darkened, not working, Neon sign with the word virus written on the wall. <laughs> the joke doesn't work if both things aren't together. Just a crudely drawn picture of the word virus. <sighs> I mean, even, even if it was lit up and everything, it's still not a good joke. No, it's not great. <laughs> but at least you go, oh, I understand. So you're not just walking into a place that says virus on the wall. <laughs> not a warning or a promise, just virus. And... Uh... Normally we don't we don't badmouth any places, but uh, and that's why we didn't name it. We we did not no. we we did not name, but we're pumped to return there someday. <laughs> uh, I am anyway. I don't know if Matthew is. I was. Uh, I will say, put it on air now. I was. I did at least five to six weeks of work there. There was one week I couldn't, and I asked Matthew to cover for me, and he did. He went in and said, no, nah, this is terrible. And he pulled us out after one day. <laughs> one day. And I'm like, this is no, it I was after 20 minutes. I went there. No one was showing up. But nah, this is done. 
It was like that scene in The Simpsons with Grandpa walking into the burlesque house, just <laughs> walking right back out. I walked in and I saw the pile of posters that I dropped off two weeks prior, sitting beside the Coke machine. <laughs> no, this is done. Yeah, that'll do it. I'm yeah. good. Oh boy, uh, what a <laughs> what a dream of a place. Those poor. Hooters girls on the calendar poster <laughs> trapped above the urinals. And I just wonder what were they, was the expectation for us to rally the regulars to play trivia? To this day, I don't know if it was to bring my audience there or to keep their audience there longer because I did bring my audience there and then my audience brought themselves out. <laughs> yeah. It became very difficult when my, supporters would show up see the other places we're at and go this is fun let's try this in a place we won't get stabbed and you don't come back yeah it had a uh, had a very potent stabby energy i think uh and there was a couple people that i remember that did come more than once however the reason they came back was because they won previously and their prize was a gift card to their next meal right so right kind of a wash on their end <laughs> yeah but there was like one day i think three weeks deep where we reached like 10 people and i felt like i made it i was just like yeah it's the biggest crowd yet <laughs> <laughs> it's uh legendary and then i go to your shows at uh places i'm happy to boast at the electric diner a great spot really cool mm -hmm. cool aesthetic great food uh super safe um i go there and i'm like what you get, the, <laughs> you get the cool one i'm here at the the other one i was about to say the name i didn't <laughs> you go uh, to some nights and you feel like paul mccartney then you go to some and you're pete best there's just <laughs> like you can tell what type of a host like it's very, very tough to really host a night where it's just like treading water and it's you want to die you want to die so matthew have you met the Arkells? Uh, a handful of times. I, I met them briefly when I helped plan their after party when they had that big show at the, uh, the rally two or three years ago. I had a hand in helping plan the after party. And then I did a photo shoot with um, the bar they own at Odds. My friend is the social media manager for that bar. So they were doing a photo shoot of the new menu. So I got to be in some photos with them. And that's actually a really funny story because they pretty much took a ton of photos and then just kind of spread them out throughout the year to imply that they're kind of always there or whatever. And they, they have a Wednesday night trivia night that nothing to do with us. And they used a photo of Max from Arkells to promote the trivia night. But by total chance, they used one where I'm in the background. <laughs> so everyone's like, is this yours? Like, no, I'm just there. <laughs> I wasn't even at a trivia night. I would just add a photo shoot. And they used that photo to promote the trivia night. And like, that's an odd choice. <laughs> the guy who plans 90% of the trivia nights in the city is in the background of the promo for the competition for the one so, show he's not part of yeah so technically i'm a part of it there you go the godfather 
So is it, sorry. I was just going to say, is that, is that like a, is that like a metric of Hamilton fame is if you've met the Arkells or not? Yeah. That's like top Hamilton dogs. Okay. I feel like as far as like pop culture goes, like, I don't know what else we have. I think we have Jim Carrey was from Aldershot. I think Martin Short was from Hamilton and he got the Arkells. There isn't like a ton of people who have kind of come from Hamilton and made it huge, but there's uh, enough of them. The Arkells are Hamilton's Arcade Fire. Which right, yeah, yeah. Downtown's holding a bar. Uh, now, speaking of being a part of something, Matthew is actually part of Half a Star's upcoming project. Uh, you thought this was the Christmas special? It's about to get a little bit specialer and a little bit Christmassier up in here. Ben, are you excited? I am so excited for this, Justin. You came to me with this idea about a month ago, and I said to myself, well, that sounds hilarious, but it'll, it'll never happen. And oh. boy, have you spent the next month proving me wrong. <laughs> My eyes are dying. I've been working. I've been bleeding through this project. What it is, coming December 21st, Armageddon, a holiday radio parody. Let me explain. You know, on Christmas Day, you're hanging out at your parents' place. It's between 2 and 5 p.m., that pre-turkey dinner phase, that post-Christmas presents phase. What do you do at that time? You turn on the TV. A&E is inexplicably playing Armageddon. Why? We don't, I, I can only assume because it's so incredibly long. It's not a Christmas movie. We all know the Christmas movie with Bruce Willis is Die Hard, right? But they play Armageddon. I'm thinking, what if this were a Christmas story? In fact, what if you took the story of Armageddon, removed every visual that was Tributed to Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay's claims to fame, got rid of all of that, kept only the terrible dialogue and the ridiculous story, upped the stakes with Christmas, what would happen? I should clarify that these were thoughts that I had during the initial phase one of lockdown, uh, when I questioned my own uh, mental balance. And these were questions I had now that we're into the next phase of lockdown. Yay. Uh, I decided it's time to make it happen. Christmas depends on it. And so Half a Star is producing this one-of-a-kind radio play that is a, a parody of Armageddon infused with some Christmas stuffing. I'm doing a, a, a stuffing gesture. Listeners. It's very graphic. Uh, it features myself. It features Benton, and it also features Matthew Serena, who's our guest today. Absolutely. Among many other very talented uh, actors that we know uh, throughout the cast uh, network of Half a Star, as well as just our own personal lives, it's really a who's who of talent. It's going to be incredible. And we promise listeners one reference to the holiday season per page of script. That's the guarantee. Every page, the, the reader would, should be saying, where's Christmas? Why aren't we talking about Christmas? Why isn't it Christmas right now? So we've got lots of actors. Matthew's in it. Uh, we've got people from 
Prince Edward Island, people really rocking in the scene there. We've got people in uh, Calgary, Alberta. We've got a professional wrestler. We've got a country musician. We've got an actor who's worked at the Stratford Festival. I know this is a bizarre collection of people, a motley befitting the cast of Armageddon. <laughs> this is what the world needs. So help me. Well, sometimes when it feels like the world's ending, you have to just tell a story about a more explosive ending to the world to make people feel okay. And truly, I hope it gives people hope because this is a story about overcoming global catastrophe. And this has been a year of nothing but. Now, to sidestep, Ben, do you want to tell them about what we're planning for 2021? I do. So we're really excited to announce that we are coming back for season two. Justin and I have not grown tired of each other yet. So half a star season two will be coming out sometime in early 2021. But to tide you over until then, I'm really excited to announce my own special project that I've been working on while Justin has been toiling away in Michael Bay land. And that is a podcast called Cracker Jack. So for those of you that know me, you know that I love baseball and you know that I love movies. And so what I've done is I have combined my love of those two things into a podcast where I watch a baseball movie and I discuss that baseball movie with a guest. And I've got a great list of movies and a great list of guests. And that will be coming out probably within the first couple of weeks or a couple of months maybe of 2021. So keep an eye out for that going to be a wild time, folks. So I think that just about wraps it up for this episode of Half Star. Uh, I hope we don't get sued by um, uh, the Cracker Jack company. I hope we don't get sued by Michael Bay's team. And I hope we don't get sued by um, uh, that bar that I was talking about. Uh, we literally met a lawyer. Yeah, there's or a lawyer there. He drinks a lot. I also hope we don't get sued by Hallmark. I'm just going to throw that out there too. Oh no, they I, love us. I supported them. I, I, yeah. I, I'm applauding them. I just bought two cards, two Hallmark cards the other day, which was basically half of my income for the year. So anyway. <laughs> well, folks, that's been another wonderful episode of Half a Star. Thank you so much, Matthew Serena. Thank you, Ben. Why am I thanking you? I always talk hey, to you, Hey, ben. Justin, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. We didn't even talk about my weekend of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Uh, All right. Do, do we want to go right into the ending, just like the my spiel, or do we? Yeah, let's do the spiel. Let's see if uh, we can remember how it goes. Yeah, Matthew okay. has to listen to us. Uh, uh, so this has been Matthew. He's Ben. He's Justin. Wear a mask. Don't go to the park. Wash your hands, stay safe, Black Lives Matter. Keep watching the skies. 